Flip over to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we are in verse 48 through 51. 1 Samuel 17, verse 48 through 51. And this is the end of the story of David and Goliath, okay? It's the end of the story of David and Goliath. Verse 48 of 1 Samuel chapter 17 of your Bible of Wednesday night. Then it happened when the Philistine Goliath rose and came and drew near to meet David, that David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand into his bag and took from it a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on his forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead so that he fell on his face to the ground. Thus David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and he struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in David's hand. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him, and then cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they ran and fled. We're starting a new series tonight called Killing Goliath. And throughout this series, as Bob and I teach this series and preach this series, what we want to do is we want to use this series to show you how Jesus can help you defeat or even just battle the giants of your life, the Goliaths of your life. And so tonight, as I, as I begin to kind of walk you through this, and tonight I'm just going to walk you through the story of David and Goliath. This is kind of setting the tone for the rest of the series. And then next week, Bob will get into our first Goliath or our first giant. Um, as we start this series, I want you to begin thinking about something, okay? I want you to begin thinking about something in your head for, for something that we're going to do later tonight, okay? I want you to begin to ask yourself, what are the Goliaths in your life? What are the Goliaths in your life? And you say, well, I, I, don't, I don't know. How do, how do you know? How do I know what a Goliath is, Ryan? How do I know what it is? Well, a Goliath can be a lot of things in your life. It can be a depression or a sadness or an addiction. Or let me, what is a Goliath in your life? Let me ask it this way. Look at me. What are the things in your life that you will never tell your parents about? Okay. What are the things in your life that you will never tell your parents about? Or, or let me ask you like this. What are the things in your life that if we, had, if we had video evidence of you doing those things, and we took that video evidence and we put it on this screen for you and all your friends to see, you would never come here again? Or let, me, let me kind of put it back ooh, heavy. Let me put it back on me and Bob for a minute. What, what are the things that on Wednesday nights, when Bob and I begin to preach on, hey, whatever it is, don't do this or stop doing this. When we start preaching on those things, you just kind of tune out a little bit. And the reason you tune out is because you know there is no way you're going to stop doing those things. Does that make sense? You see, we don't want this to just be another series. This is a cool idea. We don't want this to be another series. We want this to be a series that taps directly into your life, that taps directly into your heartbeat and changes your heartbeat and changes your thought patterns. And, and, it, and it, it helps you see yourself and your world differently than when we started. But here's the thing. Bob and I can't change the way you see yourself or the way you see the world. Only Jesus can do that. You see, you will never see 
yourself differently, you will never see your world differently until you see Jesus properly. You will never see yourself differently and your world differently until you see Jesus properly. So we're going to spend most of our night focusing on him. We're going to spend most of this series focusing on him. And you say, well, what does Jesus have to do with David and Goliath? Well, I'm glad you asked, my scholars. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you two things tonight, okay? I'm going to show you two things tonight. Number one, I'm going to show you why the story of David and Goliath is directly relevant to your life. This happened 3,000 years ago. What could it possibly have to do with you today? I'm going to show you why the story of David and Goliath is directly relevant in your life. And number two, I'm going to show you why the story of David and Goliath is not about you. Okay? And that news is the news that's really going to change your life, or that can change your life. The fact that David and Goliath is not about you. So, without further ado, let's begin. If you have your Bible uh, in paper or on your phone, flip or scroll to, scroll like an old thing, scroll to 1 Samuel 17, thanks Will, scroll to 1 Samuel 17 verses 2 and 3. 1 Samuel 17 verses 2 and 3. And let's kind of start our story. So here we go, verse 2. Saul the man of Israel, and the men of Israel were gathered and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up battle formations to encounter the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, while Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with the valley between them. Okay, so let me kind of set the scene here because that's what these first two verses are doing. This is just a classic showdown, okay? You've got, this is what's going on. On this side over here, you've got the armies of Israel, the Israelite armies led by King Saul, okay? And on this side over here, you've got the Philistine armies led by someone that we're going to meet in just a minute. And in the middle here, you have this valley of Elah. You have kind of no man's land, okay? And here's why this is important, because what would happen in in that day, and even today still in wars, uh, is that if you're an ordinary soldier, you are going to take great care to not go into the valley, to not go into no man's land. Because here's the deal, and it makes sense. If the other side, think about it, if the other side sees you or someone else cross out of your camp into the valley, cross out of your camp into no man's land, they're going to see that as an act of war. Okay? Does that make sense? You're starting the fight. Okay? And that's how they would see it. So ordinary soldiers would take great care not to enter into the valley. They would take great care. Ordinary soldiers would take great care not to enter no man's land. But Goliath is no ordinary soldier. So let's meet him. Verse 4. Verse 4. And when I find it, we'll read it. Then a champion came out from the armies of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was clothed with scale armor, which weighed 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he also had a bronze guard on his legs and a bronze javelin slung between his shoulders. The arm of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and the head of his spear weighed 600 shekels of iron. His shield carrier also walked before him. So we've got this, this soldier from the Philistine army who walks not accidentally, he walks intentionally into no man's land. He walks purposefully into no man's land to challenge the Israelite armies. And you all know him from Sunday school and from the corkboard posters on the wall. This is Goliath. Okay, we meet Goliath. 
Goliath, it says, was six cubits and a span in height. A cubit is 18 inches, and a span is half of that, which is nine inches. And he says six cubits and a span, so put that together. Goliath is roughly just over nine and a half feet tall. His armor weighs 5,000 shekels, which is the equivalent of 125 pounds. Think about how much most of you weigh, and think about it's 125 pounds of armor on him. So think about this. He fights in this. This is not just for show. So this guy is strong enough to where he is able to move freely and powerfully with 125 pounds strapped to his chest and strapped to his back. Not only does he carry a sword, not only does he carry a javelin, but his weapon of choice is a spear, which the tip of his spear, not the whole thing, just the tip of his spear weighs 15 pounds. This guy is a walking fortress built for war. I was reading a commentary uh, getting ready for this, and it said this, Man has never fought a monster like this. This is Goliath. And so we meet the monster, and next the monster begins to speak. So look at verse 8. Verse 8. Goliath stood, and remember he's in no man's land. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel and said to them, Why do you come out to draw up battle formations? Am I not the Philistine and you servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we all will become your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall become our servants." And serve us. Again, the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel to this day. Give me a man that we will fight together. When Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine Goliath, they were greatly saddened and afraid. Okay, so here's what's happened. Goliath, this monster who seems to be made of armor, he crosses out of his camp into no man's land to call out the Israelite army, and he issues a challenge. And here's how the thing would work. Goliath says, if He says, send a representative out of your country. Send a representative for your people, one man. And if he kills me, you can all go free. But if I win, if your representative loses, you belong to us. And you will be our tortured slaves for the rest of your life. So the fate of the entire Israel army, the fate of the entire country of Israel now rests on the shoulders of one man, whoever would be brave enough to step out and face Goliath. Verse 16 tells us that for 40 days, Goliath did this. Morning and evening, he would step out and issue his challenge. For 40 days, Goliath would come out, and for 40 days, no Israelite moved out before him to face him. No Israelite moved. Why not? Well, because they'll lose. Because they'll lose. Goliath is too strong. He's too powerful. There's no point in fighting. Everyone knows how, it's, everyone knows how this is going to end, right? And, and here's the thing. Catch this. They can't even imagine fighting Goliath. They can't even imagine fighting him. They won't, and you, and you caught this, they won't even move. Look, listen, they're his, they're his slaves already. And the battle hasn't even happened yet. Do you see that? Does that make sense? They're his slaves already. 
And the battle hasn't even happened yet. Slaves of Goliath. There's no point in fighting this Goliath. Okay. So, he, so here's where you come into play. Here's where this has to do with you. W- what does this matter, Ryan? Goliath, there, Goliath isn't even around anymore. Yes, he is. And we've got several examples, so just kind of buckle in for a minute. Some of you... Some of you, either this is happening now, or it has happened, or you know it's going to happen. Some of you, when Bob or myself, when we say, stop doing physical stuff with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whoever you're dating, when we say stop doing those things, you can't even imagine stopping. You can't even imagine what it would be like to stop. And some of you say, not my problem, Ryan. I'm single, thanks. And, that, and that's kind of what's going through your head. And here's, let me talk to the single folk as well, because this is just as important. So many of you, when I tell you, or when Bob tells you, and you're single, and, and I tell you, or Bob tells you, you have to stop. Look at me. You have to stop idolizing this idea of having a boyfriend or a girlfriend. It's okay to want a boyfriend or a girlfriend, but you take it and you bring it up here to this unhealthy place and you've made an idol out of it. And when we tell you you've got to bring it down here to where it's healthy, there are, look, here it is, there are better things than having a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And here's the deal. So many of you, and it's happening right now, so many of you, when I say that, you just kind of tune out a little bit. Do you know why you tune out? Because you can't even imagine the idea that there is something better than having a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And here's where David and Goliath has to do with you. Just like Israel couldn't even imagine fighting Goliath, much less defeating him, you cannot even imagine getting over the idea of having a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And we'll dig into that in just a minute. When, when I say there is something better, there are better things than having a boyfriend or a girlfriend. That sentence doesn't even make sense to some of you. It's Latin. Like you have no idea what I'm talking about. You're a slave to these things, some of you. Goliath is alive and well in your life today. Tim Keller does a great piece on this, and I've used it before, and I will for sure use it again. There's a difference Okay, I'm a slave. What what are you talking about? What does that mean? There's a difference between a boss and a slave master. Okay? There's a difference between a boss and a slave master. Some of you already have one, but as you get older, as you grow up, you're going to have a boss. Okay? And you say, well, I'm going to be the boss. Okay, well, you do you, but just kind of listen for a minute. As you get older, you will have a boss. And here's the deal. Your boss, yes, your boss has some kind of control over you. They're your boss. But there are rules as to how your boss has control over you. Okay? For example, when you clock out, when you leave work, when you're not at work, your boss has very little to no control over you. Okay? When you're outside of work, you and your boss are kind of on the same footing. 
All right, make sense? Okay. But even at work, there are only certain things your boss can and cannot do to you. There are rules. And if you feel like your boss is mistreating you or taking advantage of you, there are things you can do. You can email people in your office, hey, this is what's going on. You can talk to, ready for this, your boss's boss. And you can go to them and you can say, hey, this is how I feel like I'm getting treated. I just want you to know that this is going on. This is just kind of how I feel at work. You can do things that, to where your boss gets a very stern talking to, use a little parent language there, kind of a, a very stern kind of thing. Or if it gets to the worst thing, you can, you can leave. You can leave that job and find a better job, and your boss can't do anything about that. So you see, there are rules when it comes to having a boss. Does that make sense? There are rules when it comes to having a boss. Slave masters do not have rules. There are no rules with slave masters. You are their property. They can do what they want, when they want, when it has to do with you. Day or night, doesn't matter. School, out of school, doesn't matter. There are no rules. For some of you, when it comes to doing physical stuff with the person you are with or the person you are dating or whoever, it's just kind of whatever you want to do. Can I let you in on a little secret? And for those of you who are too young, stow this away. Can I let you in on a little secret? You think you are in control of that situation. You are not. You are a slave to it. And how do I know you are a slave to it? Because there are no rules. And you make a rule. You make the rule as with the person you're dating. You make this rule. We will not cross this line. We will not cross this line. We will not cross this line. And you know how this ends. Two, three weeks later, max, you break that rule. This rule breaks. This rule falls. Do you know why these rules won't last? Do you know why they keep breaking? Because rules do not work with a slave master. You are a slave to lust. And for some of you, this idea, now we get to get everybody. For some of you, this idea of having a boyfriend or a girlfriend has totally consumed you. And remember, it's okay to want that, but this idea has consumed you. Day or night, doesn't matter. School, out of school, doesn't matter. Work, not at work, home or away, it doesn't matter. This desire is all over you, everywhere, all the time. You are a slave to this desire. And you, say, and you say, Ryan, I just I can't get rid of that. I can't push that away. I don't want to push that away. It's, this desire is just too powerful. Let me ask you a question. 3,000 years ago, if you were to go up to an Israelite who's about to face Goliath and say, listen, somebody's got to fight Goliath. Why not you? What would they say to you? I can't fight him. I can't get rid of him. I can't get over him. I can't do it. He's, he's just too powerful. It's the same thing. Do you see the connection that's starting to draw here? Let's, let's do this. Because I, I know the relationship thing is not it for everybody. I get that. So let's do this one instead. Um, hey, you need to start inviting so-and-so to church. 
why don't you invite this person to church? Ryan, you have lost your mind. But why? Invite this person to church. And, and you, might say, you might not say it out loud, but, you, but in your heart, you'll say this. You'll say, what, what, what's the point? What's the point of inviting this person to church? Because, because they're just going to make me, it's just going to make me look weird if I'm the one person at the table who invites somebody to, we're talking about other things. I don't want to invite someone to church. It'll make me look weird. Or they're just going to say no. Or what if they get offended? Or what if the person on the table next to me overhears and they get offended? Or what if the person next to me over there on the other table, their mom might get offended? And, it gets, and the list goes on and on and on and gets more and more ridiculous. But it comes back to what's the point? What's the point? By the way, Bob and I were talking about this a couple of days ago. Can you imagine? And this is students. This is adults included. This is the band. Can you imagine... If everyone in here invited one person to church next Sunday, if everyone in here invited one person to church next Wednesday or Sunday, and half of those students said yes, just half, guys, we would not have enough seats. The place would be so full. Half. But it comes back to, what's the point of doing this? And that's what you say. That's what blocks you at school. Let me ask you this. 3,000 years ago, if you had asked an Israelite to go and fight Goliath, what would their response be? What's the point? It's the same thing. And then here's the last one. And this is the one that's really going to hit home, at least it did for me, and I think for some of you too. Here it is. Hey, stop being so angry at your parents all the time. And, and here's the thing, I know so many of you guys, and I'm so thankful for that, and I want to keep getting to know you. But this one hit me too, so I know how this drill works. So many of you guys are such good kids outside of your house, but within the walls of your home, you have such a quick trigger when it comes to mom and dad. You have such a short fuse when it comes to mom and dad. And I can already hear the, the backlash. Ryan, you have no idea what my dad is like. The things that he says, the things that he, they're so annoying. He's so weird and lame and it's just weird. And my mom, you just have no, Ryan, Ryan, you don't even know. You have no idea what she's like. She just bothers me. And then when she finally does speak to me, I just, I just explode and I can't, I can't control it. I can't control it. Ryan, you don't even understand. You don't even understand this. Let me ask you a question. 3,000 years ago, if you were to ask an Israelite, hey, why don't you go and fight Goliath? What would they say to you? You don't even understand what you're asking me to do. Flash forward to now. Hey, you need to be more respectful of your parents, more patient with your parents, more honoring to your mother, more respectful of your father. What is your response? Ryan, you don't even understand what you're asking me to do. It's the same exact thing. Goliath is alive and well. That's what this has to do with you. Goliath is alive and well. But, but the Israelites' Goliath was nine feet tall. Goliath today, the ones that we've listed, and dozens more, they take all shapes and sizes, but your response to them is the exact same as the Israelites' response to their Goliath 
3,000 years ago. You don't understand. What's the point? I can't even imagine where I would begin to fix this. I'll lose. That's kind of the big sum of your argument. I'll lose. Can I let you in on a little secret and then tell you some very good news? Okay? Look at me. Tune in for like the next like three minutes and then you can just check back out. Okay? Because this is the important stuff. I'm going to let you in on a secret and then I'm going to tell you some very good news. Okay? Here's the secret. This isn't the news yet. Here's the secret. You're right. You're right. College leaders, you're right. Band, you're right. Ryan, you're right. You will lose. You will lose. Just like the Israelites would lose to their Goliath, you will lose to yours. Their armor is too thin and their arms are too weak. And you are too angry. You are too lustful. You are too insecure. And I am all those things too, by the way. And just like I am too weak to defeat my Goliath, the Israelites were too weak to defeat theirs. Which is why God sent someone to fight for them. David. Do you you know who you are in the story of David and Goliath? Do you know who I am? We are not David. You are not David in the story. You're good, Madison. You are not David in the story of David and Goliath. Then who am I? You are the Israelites in the corner, too weak to defeat Goliath in your own strength. Too angry to have a decent conversation with your parents. Too wrapped up in terrible things to have a healthy relationship. Too wrapped up in idolatry to treat a guy or a girl the right way. You treat them as a god and then it just collapses and you're devastated. You're too weak to defeat your Goliath. We are not David. We are the Israelites. So listen. So, if we're the Israelites, our hopes now depend on the man that God has sent in our place. That sounds a lot like David, but that sounds like someone else besides David too. And if he wins, we will be treated like the ones who won the battle. We get the reward for the work that he has done. Tim Keller says it like this, Jesus is the true and better David. His victory and freedom become his people's victory and freedom, though they never lifted a stone To get it. Listen, the ultimate Goliath in your life is not the fact that you watch pornography. It's not the fact that you mess around with the person you're dating or whoever. It's not the fact that you say bad words in the locker room or in your car when your parents aren't there. It's not that you do bad things around your friends because you can't imagine losing their approval. It's not that you're too afraid to invite someone to church. The biggest Goliath in your life is the fact that one day you will have to answer to God for those things. And God himself will ask you, 
Why did you watch this? Why did you use this word? Why did you treat your mom this way here? God himself will ask you those questions. And you will have to answer them and you won't be able to. So what do you do? Nothing. You can't. You're guilty. You need someone to go in your place. And the good news is God knows that. So he sent someone better than David to do it. To fight the Goliath that you cannot fight. And he was treated the way you should have been treated. And now you can have the reward that he earned. That's why the Israelites celebrated when David killed Goliath. Remember the deal that they made. David was their representative, and since he won freedom, the Israelites get that freedom. That's exactly what happened on the cross. Jesus Christ defeated the ultimate Goliath of sin, death, and judgment. And now, when you put your faith in him, you are given the bravery to defeat your own Goliaths. There's a great moment in the Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. And it's, uh, it's in the book, not the movie. So just FYI on that. Um, there's a great moment in Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, where Eowyn and her friend Mary, they're knocked from their horse in battle. Okay, They're knocked from their horse, and this evil Goliath-like figure called the Witch King is stepping forward, and he's going to kill Mary. But Eowyn steps in the way. She steps between them. And the witch king says, stand aside, move, get away, or I won't just kill you. I'll take you to a place that's worse than death, and I'll leave you there forever. And so what does Eowyn do? She draws her sword, and she says to the witch king, do what you will, but no matter what you do to me, I promise you will not touch my friend. And the book says that when, now, now that was Eowyn, now flash over to Mary, who's still on the ground. The book says that when Mary sees this monster, the witch king, such a fear came on him that he became blind and sick. But he opens his eyes and he sees Eowyn ready to die for her friends. And the book says, now see this, the book says, when he saw what Eowyn was doing, joy filled his heart and great courage. And he clenched his fist and stood up to fight. Where do you get the courage to have the weird conversations with your parents? Where do you get the courage to turn your computer off and go into the living room and get out of the bed so that you're not tempted to watch something that you shouldn't? Where do you get the courage to go out into the park or into the living room with the person you're dating instead of staying in your room or in the basement? Where do you get the courage to do these things? To fight your Goliath? Well, where did Mary get the courage? When he saw Eowyn dying for him, risking her life for him, his heart filled with courage. And when you see Jesus standing up to the true Goliath of sin and death for you, your heart will slowly begin to fill with courage. And your Goliaths won't seem as big anymore. Christ has defeated the true Goliath. And when you see that, your Goliaths 
are not as big. And that's the whole point of this new series. Each week we'll take a Goliath and we'll show you how Jesus helps you in this fight. Jesus gave us the courage to fight our Goliaths because he is the true and better David and he has killed the biggest Goliath.